Hello, folks. Welcome back to another week at Dan's Dabble in Babel. Thank you so much for joining me here for another great week. Uh, I do want to mention at the top that I've got a couple of interviews that I should be recording later this week, so we'll be having guests in the uh, coming couple of weeks. So I am really excited uh, to bring you those interviews again. Of course, we recently had my cousin on, uh, so that was wonderful. Uh, But I also wanted to take a moment at the top and just address it feels... Um, you know, in the times that we're living in, it feels necessary to say something about the conflict in Ukraine, the, um, the, the, the tragedy that's, that's occurring in Ukraine uh, with Russia invading Ukraine. I mean, I, I don't really have, have the words for it. And what I really want to say is in times like these, I find it really difficult to be on social media, especially on Twitter, where it seems like everybody wants to formulate a hot take. And there's so much news coming on, so I'm kind of being intentionally vague. I am just hoping that the situation gets better for the Ukrainians, and I hope that they are ultimately able to be successful and be safe and be well. And I hope anybody with loved ones or any connections to Ukraine, I hope that your loved ones are safe. And I hope that everybody in Ukraine that needs help gets the help that they need. But listen, I am not an expert on Russian politics, Russian-Ukrainian politics. You don't have to be an expert to objectively say that the Russian invasion is unequivocally wrong, but I don't have a hot take. And there's so much news coming out. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm constantly looking at the New York Times for updates and it's really hard to wrap your mind around what's going on. I mean, I was sitting um, on Saturday and thinking about you know, in Kiev, there was a missile that struck an apartment building. And I was at my boyfriend's apartment. And, you know, it's in downtown Tampa, tall apartment building. And I was thinking, you know, it's just so bizarre and so surreal that, you know, Friday after work, I went out with a couple of coworkers. We had a couple of drinks after work before starting our weekends. And I just kind of went around about my weekend as normal, but waking up Saturday and, and reading lots of the articles and reading about that missile strike is, it seems so unjust, so wrong that, that I was able to, you know, just kind of have a normal weekend and just kind of in between things, pulling up the New York Times to check. So, you know, I, I have friends from uh, my undergrad and grad school that have ties to Ukraine Um, and I say that not to, not that that really makes a difference, only that I think when we hear Ukraine and we hear Russia, it sounds so foreign, it sounds so far away, but it's really not. And for so many people, it, it is not a foreign or existential threat at all. It's a very real current threat, um, and 
So there are probably people in your own life that have some sort of connection, uh, whether you know it or not. So just really, I think if we can be aware and just be kind and empathetic and understanding for what it must be like uh, to have that direct connection, um, it's it's a lot closer to 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 many of us than than you might realize. Um, but I just I don't want to formulate any hot take other than to say that I uh, am very much hoping for the best for the people of Ukraine, and I hope that this is. Uh, I, I hope that that this is resolved with uh, minimal damages just across the board. And I hope that it's resolved quickly. And I uh, just what a what a difficult time in history to be to be living in. Uh, so I, I just it's it seems too important and too heavy to kind of go in and I and I am going to, you know, have kind of my typical, typical episode here and talk about some vapid topics. And again, I really kind of want this to, to be a meandering source of levity. Uh, but but I, I felt that saying something was important. So I don't really have an, a, a, a convenient pivot to shift from talking about Ukraine. Um, so we're going to do a hard pivot and we're going to talk about that fateful episode, hot coffee in one hand, iced coffee in the other, where I talk about in the morning uh, getting coffee for my boyfriend and I. And, you know, my go-to order is an Americano. And I uh, certainly had, uh, I had two Americanos this weekend. Great weekend to be able to have two Americanos, extra shot of espresso each time. Because, you know, I just I just need that Americano. Uh, but this morning, I was on a mission to not only get coffee, but I wanted a breakfast sandwich, and I was getting my boyfriend a bagel with cream cheese. Um, and the first place that I went into is, is a locally owned place. I really uh, prefer to, to support local locally when possible. Uh, but they were completely out of bagels. So I went to Starbucks. They were out of everything bagels, but they had plain bagels. So I said, that'll do. And as I'm standing in line, it was a long line, there's an advertisement for a shaken chocolate almond milk espresso. And I was thinking, wow, that sounds really good. That would be so good if it were hot. But I thought, you know what? We're going to branch out. We're going to strike out. We're going to we're going to have a different vibe of our coffee this morning. So I got my boyfriend the typical iced coffee with caramel and cream. And I ordered myself the chocolate almond milk shaken espresso with an extra shot of espresso, of course. That's kind of my my go-to now is to, uh, if I get any flavoring at all, which I typically don't, I reduce the number of squirts <laughs> of flavor um, because I, I don't like my coffee to be sweet. Uh, but I do like to, to bump up the strength. So I typically get an extra shot of espresso. And I had an iced coffee, an iced espresso this morning. 
And I have to say, it was not bad. I don't think it will be in my regular repertoire. I don't think it'll be in my regular lineup at all. But I dared to to go against the norm and and try something else. And you know, the flavors were good, all of that was was fine, but it just didn't hit the same way that hot coffee does. So I am still very much a firm believer that coffee should be served hot, but also just enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. I'm very pro letting people enjoy things in general. So, you know, I, I've been saying a lot about how busy I've been, and I have... I, I think that I'm reaching a point where I am going to be kind of just at back to my normal level, which I'm excited about. And, and I've got some things that I'm that I'm looking forward to. And I in uh, and, and planning for those things, I'm getting getting really excited. And for me, so much of the of anything is the anticipation Um and that's that's really kind of been big is 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 anticipation just in general uh and and i think that's that's kind of universal is is the the planning the anticipation just like the thinking about the possibilities thinking about who you're going to be doing things with and and all that and it is 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 exciting and then of course you hope for the best kind of when you're in the moment and um of course plans change and uh, you just kind of have to go with it and 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 make the adjustments as you go along. Uh, but I'm but I'm just I I've spent spent this afternoon uh, doing some research and doing some planning into some things that I hope to do in a couple of months. Uh, so I'm just kind of in that vibe where I'm just looking forward and I'm excited. And you know this weekend I. Uh, had um, really a, a nice relaxing weekend. I had a friend's birthday party. So, you know, I've mentioned that in, and of course this podcast is a record of, of the things that I've been doing, going to Epcot, uh, have in uh, hosting my friends last weekend, next weekend, I'll be hosting my cousin. Um, so it was nice to have a weekend kind of in between there where I could kind of just relax and uh, just enjoy enjoy beautiful weather. That's the other thing that has happened is we, I think, have finally made it through the tough, terrible winter, which people laugh at me for, but it was cold, guys. It was cold in St. Petersburg, Florida, and it's all relative, but you know what? It was it was not pleasant, and I am not ashamed to say that it was not pleasant. But this weekend, I did something that I haven't done in a very long time, and I went to the mall. And so I hurt my back, as I talked about last week, and I was really getting concerned in the middle of the week because... Like, okay, so I threw my back out on Monday, so I was kind of hoping that it would be better on Tuesday, but, you know, wasn't really that alarmed when on Tuesday it wasn't any better. And then on Wednesday it wasn't any better, and it's like, okay, this is is concerning still. Thursday I woke up, and it was marginally better, but still not great. And then Friday I woke up, and it, it it was much better, and it's still... 
far from 100%, maybe not far from 100%, uh, but that was a big relief because, you know, you start looking and I'm like, okay, so what does it mean to throw out your back? And, you know, okay, so the symptoms of just strained lower back muscles, like all of that seemed to fit what I was feeling and I didn't really have the symptoms of a pinched nerve or a slipped disc or a ruptured disc or anything like that. But I, it's something that I am very nervous about because, you know, I uh, and when I cheered in college, there would be some games where I would just really feel numb afterwards in a way that it was like, wow, I um, don't know how long I can put my body through this. And, you know, that's just the nature of the sport, and it's very hard on your body. And now as I have experiences where I throw out my back, I just get nervous because I have a brother who has had to have two back surgeries and um, kind of had similar symptoms to uh, to mine when he threw out his back. And, uh, you know, for me, running is such uh, an important part of my mental health and all of that, that, that I think I spoke about last week is where the big fear of all of that comes into play, right? So that is that. And uh, I, I think tomorrow I'm going to brave a run, um, but I wanted to go on a walk this weekend. One, it was an absolutely gorgeous day on Saturday. So I was like, there's no way that we are going to just sit around and stay inside. We have to get out and enjoy the day. Um, so we ended up going to the mall and we is my boyfriend and I, and I haven't been to a mall like that in a really long time. So, uh, you know, the, I am very much a, a, a strong proponent isn't even the right word, but I, I buy everything online. I mean, um, my mom rails against online shopping specifically for clothes, uh, because, you know, there is something to trying things on and, you know, I don't care how convenient they try to make returns and that kind of a thing. When you order things online, it's, it's inconvenient to have to send things back. But, you know, the brands that I know and love, like Bonobos.com, like you will not find a bigger supporter uh, of Bonobos clothing. Love Bonobos. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm totally down to shop online. But, you know, you, we've all had those experiences where we get something that we've ordered online and it's like, okay, this isn't exactly what I thought it was or not the vibe that I was going for. So I didn't really have an agenda. Neither of us really had much of an agenda going to the mall. So there is really something nice about just kind of walking around and kind of just being open to different possibilities and just kind of letting what speaks to you speak to you. And so it was kind of funny. One of the first stories we went into uh, was J. Crew, And uh, I, when we walked into the men's section, I was like, okay, I immediately spotted two shirts that I can't take my eye off of. And my boyfriend pointed out one right away. And I'm like, yeah, because it is, it is literally me in a shirt. It is exactly my vibe. 
And so, you know, like that, that moment was honestly exciting and it's, it's, you know, it, on the one hand, there's part of me that is like, I want to be above the commercialism and, uh, the just consumerist culture, uh, but also just to like have a moment in a weekend when you're just, you know, looking around and having a good time and something catches your eye and that excitement, it, it doesn't hit the same when you are shopping online uh, and looking at pictures on models online. It just, it's not the same. Like you can, there certainly can be things that are eye catching, but you know, even just the scroll uh, and scrolling down pages and pages of clothing is not it's it, you don't you don't find the same gems in the same way there's something about like touching and feeling and and really knowing the feel and the fit and and really being able to to just kind of be in the atmosphere uh, that you know I listened to another podcast last week about Abercrombie and Fitch and I so Abercrombie and Fitch has apparently gone through a major rebrand I was never a big Abercrombie kid um like one, I didn't have $80 for a t-shirt when I was in high school. Um, I, but I was a big American Eagle, uh, not so much Hollister, but like American Eagle was, was, was very much my vibe. Um, but so like, I don't have much nostalgia for Abercrombie. We didn't have an Abercrombie in my town. We had a Hollister, um, but not an Abercrombie. And I think really by the time I was in the target demo, because if I, uh, understand correctly i think hollister was kind of marketed t- more toward like the high school crowd and abercrombie was marketed more toward a college crowd so i think really kind of by the time that i was in college abercrombie was kind of passe i could be totally wrong maybe i'm just like a total nerd and a total dork that that doesn't understand uh fashion or style at all uh, I'm not sure that that's totally true. I think I rock a solid vibe when it comes to my fashion. Uh, but anyway, so so I haven't really paid attention to any of this Abercrombie rebranding because I I just I I don't feel anything about Abercrombie. I I just I don't care. And uh, but but I was listening to this podcast that was talking about you know and 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 uh, I worked in retail so. I, a lot of this rang true for me, but they talked about the visual impact teams that retailers have that are there. They're part of the marketing team to design the layout of the store, to design the displays, uh, to design, I forget what we call them. So I worked at Payless Shoe Source. I forget what we called. We had like specific names for like the racks that were at the front of the store, but that's like what the, the impact team would design. And so um, it's basically understood that like retail stores are not uniform when you're working for a corporation like Payless or anything. And it was always um, a little bit of judgment uh, of a judgment call that you would have to make when you were kind of assigned the task to build a display according to these visual impact sheets that you would get from corporate. And I always remember just like thinking it was so silly because there was uh, the there was one rack in our store that was um, it was like buy an accessory rack, but it was more of where we had like um, 
the it was it was more the quote unquote men's accessories. So like we sold men's shoes, but we didn't sell a lot of the men's accessories. So like we didn't have wallets, we didn't have belts that apparently some Payless stores had. So it was mainly things like shoe polish. I think we had shoe horns. Um, we had like replacement shoelaces, but it really wasn't that substantial of a rack. But then we would get these uh, sheets from the visual impact team that would have like these specific displays with new belts and these wallets and all these things. So then you're looking at this visual impact sheet with products and merchandise that you don't even have, and you're trying to get it uniform to that. And um, we would have, ours was kind of informal that um, the uh, regional manager was basically the person that could yay or nay. And our regional manager was uh, basically delegated that to the store manager. Uh, but, and, and she would basically like send a picture um, if she had a question about something or if she wanted, if she was unsure and wanted approval. So, you know, but it, but it, but even with that, just, just me dealing with the store manager, there was a lot of like back and forth of here's this spec sheet. Um, and how do we make this visually appealing? And, you know, it's, it's, it was really, it was part of the job. So, so I, in retail, I enjoyed when I was on the sales floor. And so it was called the smiles leader. Don't remember. It was smiles was an acronym and I'm like allergic to acronyms. So I uh, don't remember what smiles stood for, but um, that was the person that wore the orange name tag. And they were the person that would greet the customers. And it was a very specific language that you would use very specific body postures. Like for example, one, uh, that sticks out is um, you would never ask somebody if they had a return. It was, can I help you find an exchange? So you would always use the word exchange. And then if they wanted to return it, then you would do it. And like we accepted all returns. Um, it didn't matter if the shoes were very obviously worn, which I was very appreciative of. Um, so I started that job when I was 16, maybe 17, somewhere around there. Um, so my first job was at a grocery store, totally different. Um, and then I left the grocery store to work at Payless. And uh, it, it was, I mean, it was a good job as a 16, 17, uh, 18 year old. The weird thing was when I turned 18, is I was allowed to close the store by myself. And so like count the money and put the, like, like fill out the deposit slip, which everyone that I've told that that's worked in other retail is like, how was there not a manager present at closing always? Um, and like looking back at the amount of things that didn't get done at closing, like vacuuming when it was like two 18 year olds. Yeah. There probably should have been a manager. Uh, but I digress. Uh, the, uh, the visual impact part of it was was aside from working with uh, the customers, which I enjoyed that for the most part. Uh, the thing that I really didn't enjoy was trying to work with children because you're like one, you would often have to measure their feet, which was just kind of awkward. And then two, you're dealing with the kids' taste and the parents' taste, and it's all you know, it's it's all a big thing. Um, but it's but Payless was is primarily a women's shoe store. There they do have men's shoes, uh, but it was always so funny to me because I was I was like the king of accessories because it's one thing if my female associates would go up to a female customer and say 
like have you thought about this purse or whatever my 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 favorite so my two favorite accessory stories are one uh the regional manager like was really big about taking an an accessory into the aisle and really doing a bold sell and my store manager was like i don't expect any of you to do that but if you're comfortable doing it it's like you know what i'm gonna sell a purse so i grabbed a purse walk up to this woman and i was like ma'am i want to compliment you you have impeccable style but i really think that you should take a look at this bag i think it completes your look and she would like she took me totally seriously and i'm like i am a 16 17 year old kid like what do i know about women's fashion sold the purse um anyway so like that that was fun and then there was uh there was a pack of three earrings and the woman was looking at it and i was like you know i wear a lot of things this color but i wouldn't use the other two and i was like well it sounds like an excuse to go buy more clothes and she bought the earrings Anyway, I was accessory king. It was great. Um, but aside from that, the the visual impact stuff was fun because you got to be a little bit creative. It was a lot better than uh, restocking shelves or just like going and straightening the shelves. You know, that was was uh, just mind-numbingly boring. But anyway, uh, so so that was the visual impact. And so so there is a lot of effort that goes into that. And in, in the podcast that I was listening to where they were talking about the Abercrombie stuff, they uh, were talking about how Abercrombie invested so much money in visual impact that they would have specific like, like that was that was a, a position within the company where they would have specific plans for each store so that you weren't dealing with you weren't dealing with 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 discrepancies in merchandise, discrepancies in shelf space, shelf sizes, things like that, which I think is really interesting uh, and really unique for a company to invest that much money in visual impact. But like, there are people thinking about those things, and I'm sure people are thinking about those things in much the same way when they design a website. But it's it's not as organic of an experience, and I don't think there's any way that it can be. So I just I I I haven't been just kind of like at a mall to browse like the the typically I'm going because I need something specific and I might browse a little bit, but we were just kind of walking around browsing. Uh, and it was just really interesting to take in. So I, um, anyway, got, got this shirt that I absolutely loved. So I, I was, um, happy about that. And then in express, there was this other shirt that I am still thinking about because it was another one of those things where it's like, this was made for me. Um, but they didn't have my size. So I went a size up and I tried it on. And so it was, it was big. I think I could have made it work. I think I was going to make it work. But then I just kind of waited for my boyfriend and the dressing room to come out. And he immediately confirmed what I was fearing. The shirt was 100% see-through. And it, it was like, it was at Express. It's like, it's not that kind of a place. You expect them to like have thick enough stuff that it, you know, whatever. I was just, I was, I was a little crestfallen because like they didn't have my size. Um, so I had to go a size up anyway. And then it was absolutely see-through and like, not, not like, like you could see through like standing across the room. He pointed it out 
immediately. So that was disappointing. And I'm still thinking about it, which is like, man, this, this retail thing, they, they know what they're doing. They get, they get in your mind. Cause I was even like, even when I was standing in the fitting room and it was clear to me that you could see through it, I was like, I still think I'm going to buy this shirt. (sighs) It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I understand that it's ridiculous. Um, but you know, uh, it's, 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 I, I, I wanted it. It was like, it was very, had like a seventies vibe. Like if you think about seventies furniture, which makes, which makes it sound like something, you know, completely different. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly, I am going to go on the website and see if they have it in like a different color or something because I I can't stop thinking about that shirt. I have a problem. I understand. You don't need to tell me. I understand that I have a problem. I understand that I am not well, okay? So let's just have that out in the open. The other thing that I want to talk about uh, that I would be remiss if I didn't bring up on this podcast is... I finally this weekend watched the new West Side Story. So my brother and I are West Side Story fans from the old country. Love the original West Side Story. Um, But I'm a big Ansel Elgort fan. I know there's some controversial takes on him. I'm a big Ansel Elgort fan as an actor. I don't really know anything else. um, But love his work as an actor. Um... Uh, also love his song Thief, if you are in the mood to listen to a bop. Um, but Rachel Ziegler as Maria and the actress that played Anita, just incredible. And it's Steven Spielberg. It's so technically perfect. It is just a great old fashioned Hollywood musical. Like they just don't make anymore. And the choreography translates so well, and that's really hard to do. You know, that was one of my big complaints about In the Heights is it just it it just didn't translate. It just didn't work. But this really did. This worked very well. And uh, yeah, so if you haven't seen West Side Story, it is definitely definitely worth the watch. Run, don't walk. Uh, to go see West Side Story. And I was just, I'm just stoked <laughs> to have uh, finally seen it because, again, big fan. Uh, so give me a follow on Twitter at Babbling Dan. Let me know what you're thinking of the show. Share the show. Talk about the show. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Again, that's at Babbling Dan on Twitter. Now, I'm going to leave you with a product review of Hydronique Hydration. We've run some ads for them before, so if you want to know my thoughts, keep listening. Uh, And I just really, really appreciate the listenership. Have a great week. Um, Again, thoughts just for those in Ukraine. Um, I I just have nothing to say, but, but... I hope for a quick and damage-free resolution. Um, So thank you again. I've said thank you a million times. And now we're just going to end it with my product review. So got to pay those bills.
Now, my faithful listeners out there will know that for the past couple of weeks, we have been running ads for Hydronique Hydration. And Hydronique Hydration is, of course, a unique product uh, that provides an easy way to remedy that feeling that you get uh, where if you've got a busy life and you're struggling to get that adequate hydration and nutrition, this is a product that's designed that you can just add it to your drink and it's zero calorie. You take it once a day and it's got immune boosting properties. It's got essential amino acids and antioxidants um, and all kinds of things uh, designed by this physician who uh, thinks about these things so you don't have to. Um, now, I have been using this product. They were kind enough to send me a sample and I want to just say that this is a product that I have used now and I've really noticed a difference. And, you know, I like to give a full, honest review. And so I also distributed some of these packets for other people to try. And, you know, if you've ever used these powdered supplements, one of my big complaints is that some of them are really difficult to dissolve. Right, So there's nothing more frustrating than when you are trying to dissolve something and you're just feeling like you have to stir it constantly to get it to dissolve. It's, it's irritating and it makes you not want to use the product. Hydronic hydration packets dissolve so easily. I was really impressed. That was my biggest fear going into this product. Like, you know, knowing that I was going to have to do this review, I was just like, okay, I hope that these dissolve well. I hope that they work well because that's the first thing. If they're not going to dissolve well, then I'm not going to use it. But they dissolve great. So check one. Uh, there they go into solution so easily. Uh, it's really magnificent how wonderfully and beautifully these packets dissolve. And now elderberry just sounds so foreign, doesn't it, as the flavor? But the flavor is so wonderful. It is light and refreshing. It doesn't taste artificial. Um, you know, I've used other water supplements where it's just like, yeah, it tastes like a chemical taste, like that chemical sweetener taste. You don't get that here. You get a very natural, refreshing flavor. And it's not chalky at all. That's the other thing that I worry about with these hydration packets and with these supplements that you dissolve is if they don't dissolve well, sometimes they get really chalky. But knowing that it's zero calorie, it tastes great. And really, it, I would start my day with it um, and I would kind of feel boosted more so than when I would you know, just start my day with coffee or just start with water. So it's so easy to do. Uh, they come in a 30 box supply. The other thing about the packets is they're really easy to open because that's the other thing with those kinds of things is sometimes they can be just so difficult to tear in to that it's it's frustrating and like in the morning you don't want to be frustrated as you're trying to uh, get your hydration on so all of that to say i really think that this is a great product you should definitely check it out you can go to hydronicehydration.com or search hydronique hydration on amazon and uh, just give it a try what have you got to lose <laughs>